AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and I've got a real bad baby Yoda problem in my attic. I hear them scrounging around all the time and nibbling on the insulation. I'm going to have to lay some traps. Well, today on the show... Star Wars animals! (laughs) You know, those Star Wars, they got some pretty goofy animals, like Tauntauns and Banthas and Blurgs, but I bet good old Mother Nature has whipped up some animals that are even weirder than what you can find in a Star Wars. We'll look at some of the habits of real-life porgs, find ourselves unable to hide from a monster scarier than the Sarlacc pit, and explore the world of an adorable alien-looking antelope. Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, why does Fluke Skywater have hundreds of lightsabers? Is it to throw a Jedi rave? So why does everybody love Star Wars? I'm not talking about any movie or trilogy in particular, but even when people are mad at Star Wars, it's because they love some aspect of Star Wars and they get frustrated when it's not Star Warsing the way they want it to. What causes this intense passion? Well, Harvard Law professor Cass Sunstein argues that Star Wars is about behavioral psychology. The popularity of A New Hope, he claims, was due in part to informational cascades where people base their decisions on the decisions made by other people, like lemmings going off a cliff or, in this case, people lining up at the theater, causing rumors to spread about long lines, causing more people to line up at the theaters, and so on. 
However, lemmings don't actually follow each other off cliffs. That's a misinformation campaign against lemmings. Likewise, not all of Star Wars popularity is due to people being sheep or dewbacks. I'm not actually sure what the Star Wars version of sheep are, but to me, the success of Star Wars is due to two basic ingredients. A solid hero story where we feel like we could be Luke Skywalker, <laughs> bullseyeing womp routes from our T-16s back at home, rising from irrelevance to save the galaxy, but the second part of its success is the rich, creature-filled universe we're dropped into, getting to discover completely new animals, beings, and ecological biomes. A diverse painting of Star Star Wars monsters and critters isn't just eye candy. In the original Star Wars, we got a sense of history with these alien creatures, that they had complex behaviors and evolutionary stories. Today I want to celebrate this aspect of Star Wars by revealing that, hey, we kind of live in a Star Wars. The animals right here on Earth are just as insane, if not more so, than the things concocted by a caffeinated George Lucas. Joining me today to have a Star War is actor, writer, and film analyst Maggie Mae Fish. Hello! I'm so excited to have you for this one. I'm so excited to. As soon as you told me what it was about. So, yeah, I I knew you would love this one, and I feel like you will bring so much to the conversation, because I like like a Star Wars. You like a Star Wars? I like a Star Wars. I don't Uh think I've delved into the mythos probably as much as you have. I mean, well, actually, as you were talking, I did remember that growing up, I had, uh, it was like a fake um, biology book, but it was all about Star Wars. That's incredible. That is so cool. Yeah. Actually, it was too in-depth for me to understand as a kid. So I just looked at the photos. I love that. But... I love that so much. Mm-hmm. I, I, cool. I, when I was a kid, I would sort of draw pictures of fake animals and invent, you know, mm-hmm. just all sorts of animal habits for them and mating rituals and all that. Mating rituals. Well, I was an innocent kid, so I did. I just right. was like, then they sing songs to each other and they get married. And then boop. <laughs> And then somehow babies, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) The song's important, though. (laughs) But uh, so first I want to talk about uh, Porgs because they're one of my – I know that the new Star Wars is – pretty controversial. It's got its ups and downs. Ups, downs, you know, twists, turns. Sideways is uh, whoopsies, uh, whoopsies and, and some plot <laughs> things that maybe aren't great. Some plot things that <laughs> seem like exactly that noise. <laughs> it's a Star Wars. It's a Star Wars. We're, we're doing a fussy neck on a Star Wars. Uh, yes, but Porgs are, I think, Perfect. I, I think that they did a perfect job on that. Yeah. I, as the, when the last one came out, I saw a lot of tweets going around that was like, thank Ryan Johnson for Porg. Just <laughs> thank him because they weren't needed and they right. were there anyway. Well, you know, actually, they were necessary <gasps> in terms of the uh-huh. cinematography. So oh. they filmed the the part of Star Wars where Luke was a grump. So like Ray, the, the mm-hmm. new Jedi, goes to... Luke to get training, but Luke is old and crotchety, and he's like, I, I'm i tired of Star Wars. Get off my lawn, get off Star my, Wars. Get off of my rock. <laughs> and this rock is actually uh, Skellig Michael. I hope that's, I'm yeah, pronouncing I, that right. I was actually just there oh, um, really? about like two months ago. Yeah, we went to where they filmed those scenes yeah. in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's uh-huh. off the coast, coast of Ireland. It's just a big craggy rock in the middle of the ocean. It's actually the roosting spot for a ton of puffins. And when they filmed it, they're like, this is the perfect rock for us to put Luke. Mm-hmm. But there's so many puffins here. We can't edit out all the puffins. <gasps> oh my God. So instead of editing them out, <laughs> they just turned them into porgs. Oh, 
those are my favorite film stories where like there's this huge obstacle and then through creativity they find a way to like make right. it work and we get porgs you know that Magic. to me I, I think that is sort of like the mother of creation it's like when you get a random animal that you just can't edit out of the film so it's like I guess we gotta work with you I guess and they're gonna be how would you describe a porg like what it is a I would say a penguin uh-huh. a puffin and a pug that's what it is. Yeah. The last thing, the the thing in the face is a pug. But I do, I, I do have a couple of animals that people may not have heard of that I think are very porg-like. Oh. So, but first, you want to talk about puffins? I do. I do want to talk about puffins. Because puffins are pretty great. I think even mm-hmm. without adding a, uh, like a, a pug face to a <laughs> puffin, they're already pretty awesome. Uh-huh. So puffins are a group of species of auk, or they're these small seabirds. And mm. actually, there used to be a larger version of this called the great auk, but <gasps> they are extinct. <laughs> they... Huh. They, 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 they're sleeping with the fishes now. See, oh, See that was, was good. That, that was, was good. pretty good, Katie. <laughs> so there are almost, or I feel like a lot of large versions of animals that used to be are extinct. Yes, probably because we're the top predator, and so well, smaller is better. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I mean, part of it is resource. Mm. It, like when you're bigger, you require more resources, mm-hmm. and it can be harder for you to find that ecological niche without going extinct. Right. And yeah, I mean, you're also probably because you're bigger, maybe you don't have as many um, chicks per per season and such. Uh, So it's like you're you're kind of uh, putting all your eggs in one big old basket. There's going to be be a lot of that. My audience is already already used to me being their dad. it's fine. I'm everybody's dad. You want to be my dad? I'll be your dad. Great. My dad is great, but you guys can both be my dad. We can be co-dads. Okay, great. It's fine. <laughs> Everyone's welcome aboard the dad Aww, train. <laughs> so all living species of ox can fly in the air and underwater, including <gasps> puffins. And I want to show you this because it's incredible. So see that little little flapping mm-hmm. creature? That is a puffin oh, just flying underwater. My. Oh my God! It look it's different from what you would expect. It you kind of you don't think of when you think of a. What I realized researching this is that when I try to picture penguins or puffins swimming, I just picture them diving. I didn't really picture them flapping underwater, but that is exactly what they do. Yeah. Wow. So. And they kind of like jet. It's almost like they yeah. they flap and then ride yeah. it for a while. Yeah, and they're extremely oh. nimble. They they're totally comfortable underwater. But they can't walk so good. Oh, They're a little good. Awkward. I mean, an overachiever, triple right. threat animal. So you're I won't not. Have it. So you're not too jealous, right? They're yeah, not, I know. They're, they're stat, they nerfed that stat a little bit. Oh, great. <laughs> so there are three species of puffins: the Atlantic puffin, which is the most iconic. I think it's mm. like the puffin you think of. It's the puffin on that Trader Joe's cereal. Yes. Remember puffins? Yes, that's yeah. the one. Yep. Uh, it's. Then there's also the horned puffin and the tufted puffin. So first, the Atlantic puffins. They are the smallest, and they're about a foot long and weigh about 12 ounces. All right. One dollar foot long. (laughs) One dollar foot long. (laughs) Don't eat puffins. Well, some people eat puffins, and that's okay. Okay. Well, if you do already, keep If you do already, that's fine. (laughs) But don't. 
don't go out of your way yeah, to eat the puffin. Don't, don't like accumulate the habit of eating puffins. Like, right. Yeah. But they live in the North Atlantic or Northern European, Scandinavian, Canadian, and Northern American coasts. Uh, so kind of up in that, like, mm. you know, colder northern mm-hmm. area. They will fly to Morocco and New York in the winter, fly south to escape some of the, oh. the coldness. So they're uh, they're like... Rich people on the East Coast, <laughs> they, you know, they, they go to Oxford during, uh, right, exactly. during the summer. And then we summer in Morocco. Uh, yes. mm, else. Mm. <laughs> so they have brightly colored orange, black, and yellow beaks, white faces and bellies, and black backs, and a black hood. Like they're kind of wearing a tuxedo. I mean, these are like rich. These are the yeah. these are very bougie birds. Right. They're like the sons of like the right. bougie birds. Right. They wear hoodies. They, you right. Know. They're Zuckerbirds. Uh, Oh my god. And that one's really good. I'm gonna I'm Woo. gonna kill Maggie in this episode. <laughs> She's just gonna like choke and then fall over it's okay, Dad. too many buttons. It's okay. I killed her with my dad powers. <laughs> it's like it's like the force choke, but it's dad but it's dad, dad powers. <laughs> just cutting off your circulation. So, <laughs> let me show you a picture of these guys. They're very, very cute. Just a little dude. Oh, they are so iconic. I, they they must be on. I think there was a National Geographic that was pretty popular with their face on it. Yeah, it's like burned into my brain. It's it's very iconic, and they've mm-hmm. got those the, kind of like triangle eye situation. They have a little bit of a a cat's eye, but it's going directly up, Ooh. which is really Ooh. you know I, I don't know innovative. That's cool. You may not have heard of the other two species of puffin. So the horned puffin. Uh, let me show you a picture of these guys because they're they're pretty cool. They're pretty uh, cool. I don't know if you've heard of these guys, but <laughs> oh, they're pretty cool. Oh, they're pretty they're cool. pretty cool. Look at that oh. guy's eyeliner. <gasps> they are very cool. <laughs> looks like Lady Gaga. Like It's very I'm... Gaga-esque. Yes. <gasps> it's So that horn is actually really interesting. So they are about 15 inches long and a little over a pound, so a little bigger than the Atlanta Puffin. Uh, big boy. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, big just like, like about pork size, I guess. Okay. Well, um, Got, uh, it's a handful, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A good, a good puffin full, you know, hand of puffin. Yeah, yeah. Solid kind of, puffin yeah, hands, yeah, yeah. And they live in the North Pacific, and they winter south to California in Baja, California. Oh, so dang. more of these bougie birds. Yeah, geez, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> they have a larger beak, like vertically, it kind of is taller than the Atlantic puffin. Their beak is light yellow near the face and tipped in orange, and they have that. Really dramatic eyeliner mm-hmm. going straight up. And it's actually a, it's not eyelashes. It's actually a fleshy uh. extension, like kind of horn that grows out of their eyelid. And they're, they're just like these little, little doodads. Interesting. Yeah. What is the purpose of that on their face? As far as I know, I think it's just sexual selection. Ooh. It's I, I think mm-hmm. that yeah, their their fancy coloration. It's kind of like their beak is so brightly colored too. Mm-hmm. All all puffins have that really brightly colored beak for sexual selection, and they actually shed that beak in off mating seasons because oh, and then it's to make duller, it yeah. right? So it's like it's like bright during the mating oh. seasons, and then they shed it and regrow it. And when they're not mating, it's duller because they you know right. they're regrowing it and they don't need it to be bright yeah. all the time. It's like when I wear my pajamas around outside. Like, right, I don't need people to be looking at me. <laughs> I I'm like fancy. I like fancy like day to night pajamas. Yes, you know, yes. like like sequin pajamas. Oh yeah. 
You could just, it's pajamas, but no one knows. <laughs> no one has to know. No one has to know. So next are the tufted puffins. I feel like these are especially dramatic puffins. So they've got. Oh, hello. Yes. Uh, and he looks like Bradley Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> what? They have these big old tufts of feathers coming off of the sides of their faces. So uh, they're they're also a little bigger than the Atlantic puffin. They they're almost two pounds. My <gasps> God, that, you could fit half on each hand. You could like weightlift these puffins you for could. a mild exercise <laughs> for mild slash not at all exercise <laughs> listen everybody's got their own goals all Katie. right everybody sets their own goals i'm comparing myself uh-huh. to me not to anybody else how's your new year's going how's your <laughs> resolutions coming <laughs> so they also live in the north pacific and they have black bodies with a white face mask and these two tufts of feathers just shooting off mm. and, and you know like the the Twi'leks in in Star Wars, or the Twi'lek. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. You know yes. how they have those flesh, the, the flesh uh-huh. horns, the head tails that <gasps> yes. come off. It looks exactly it looks like exactly that. Exactly like that. Yeah. Weird. Weird, right? Weird. Who was this real Star Wars the whole time? Star Wars or puffins? Star Wars or puffins? Exactly. What came first, the animal or George Lucas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so. Some quick puffin facts to, because like puffins aren't just a pretty face with crazy dongles coming off of their heads. Mm-hmm. Puffins are unusual in that they don't, they have little sexual dimorphism, meaning that both males and females mm-hmm. have the pretty bright coloration, which Ooh, is. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that is fun. I it's really usually, like usually the male birds are the ones putting on all the effort and all right. the makeup. And, and it's just nice to see some gender parody there. Yeah, huh. And they eat mostly small fish like herring and they can dive into the ocean almost 200 feet underwater. Wow. Which is, I have no visual concept for that, but it sounds like a it's lot. It's a lot of feet. That's a lot it's of feet. It's about 200 feet That's of feet. seems like a lot of feet. 200 feet is about 200 yeah. of them. Yeah. I can't picture it, but it seems like a lot <laughs> It's a lot. lot. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, if if one puffin is about a foot, that's, 200 that's like 200 puffin <laughs> lengths. Yeah. <laughs> they can also carry huge numbers of fish in their little beaks. They can carry 10 fish per trip. Sometimes they can carry even more, but 10's about their average. Mm-hmm. And they have these rasping hooked tongues, a large bill, and these denticles, which means tooth-like projections coming off of their beak. So if you look oh, inside the puffin beak, you, you pop open the hood of a puffin, and it's it's kind of gnarly. That Yeah, that looks like an a- alien. Yeah, it's like, it's like it's got these cute chubby cheeks uh-huh. and this cute little eyeliner, and then it's just got like, I don't know, oh. like a xenomorph coming out yeah, of its face weird <laughs> huh. sexy if i yeah. was a puffin <laughs> other here's some other stats about puffins they can flap their wings up to 400 times per minute in the air oh pretty impressive i think have you ever tried what do, 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 do. that's not no that's not gonna do it uh yeah I, I, that wasn't close huh? <laughs> <laughs> during mating season uh thousands of puffins gather together on rocky coastlines to breed and to interrupt star wars shoots Oh, yeah. Huh. Hey. Well, you know, oh, what a better, what a more romantic date right. than being on set at like, a new Star Wars Like, movie. look, Maureen, they're shooting a Star Wars. Oh, there's a Star Wars. Oh, they're shooting a Star Wars oh, over there. Oh, that's great. It's so, should we go somewhere else? <laughs> no, no, let's just do it here. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> And they are they are sweet birds because they often remain monogamous, sometimes up to twenty years, which is about their Dang, lifespan. That's about yeah. the lifespan of yeah. marriages. If you probably. want it, put a wing on it. 
Oh. Yeah. That's a. Uh, oh God, I've killed her. Uh, Mackie Mayfish was a much yeah. beloved YouTuber and film analyst who sadly passed away after being dadded to dun, death. Dun, dun. <laughs> My parents would not mourn me. No. Oh. Well, I'm your dad now, and oh, I yeah, would. <laughs> so here, maybe this will bring you back to life. A baby puffin <gasps> is called a puffling. Stop. Oh. I won't stop. <laughs> I, will, I will not stop. Just to quickly get through the sad things is that mm. seagulls like to eat them sometimes. Oh, is there that's not- actually interesting. Yeah. You would think they'd be on the same team, but goes no, to show birds, me. No, birds, they're all in it for number one, <laughs> I think, if we've learned anything about birds. Yeah. Uh, but another thing that threatens the puffin is overfishing and pollution. And there's been an alarming decline in the Shetland puffin population off the coast of Scotland. Oh, no. So, yeah, I mean, we should care about the puffins. We should care about the puffins. Yeah, they're not gone yet. They're, they're not going away anytime mm-hmm. soon. But they're, you know. We gotta care. Let's keep an eye out. Let's let's uh let's, you, you know, and I, Katie, we'll go save them. <laughs> yeah, let's go let's just get out of march here. on out there. And... Your dad's here to save <laughs> you, kids. I oh, I'd love to be the daddy of all the puffins. Would that? Oh, that would be I, fun. I can picture you just living in Scotland, just near kids. It's like, come to me, my pufflings. <laughs> my army of pufflings have arrived. <laughs> So to get a porg, we have sort of the bo- the puffin body is pretty mm-hmm. pretty apparent in the porg. I mean, they had to I guess sort of match the puffins pretty closely for the yeah. filming. But uh, you also I think there's a couple of animals who's got that face, the <gasps> face cuteness. Yeah. So first is the Japanese dwarf flying squirrel. They are these adorable big-eyed squirrels. Oh my god! I don't think I've ever seen this before. It doesn't look I'm real, like, right? No, it does. It looks like a. It looks like Thumper, the bunny yeah. from Bambi. Bambi. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's got huge, like cartoonishly big eyes, and the, it's just it's adorable. It it uh, seems like it's it almost as if it uh, evolved to be to adorable. Be yeah. so there's no like, way we could get rid of it. You wouldn't eat me, would you? <laughs> you wouldn't eat me, would you? <laughs> That's much more no. sinister. <laughs> it's like they they have the cute face, but they didn't really evolve the voice to match. Like, <laughs> right. You wouldn't eat me, would you? <laughs> <laughs> so they live in the subalpine and boreal forests of Japan. They're about five inches. Eight inches long, not okay. not big, okay. not big, and they weigh about half a pound, a little under half a pound. Not right. Little guys, yeah, little, yeah, yeah. About, okay, about this, yeah, yeah, about that, about baseball, about 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 about, about, about baseball, about baseball. Sometimes they're used as baseballs. No. <laughs> in Japan, um, which is why Japan is pretty good at baseball. <laughs> so they are very fluffy with light gray fur on their backs and white tummies and fluffy tails. And as their name sh- suggests, they can kind of fly. Well, it's more like controlled falling. So mm. they have a patagium, which is a membrane of skin between their uh, little forelimb ankles and their their hind feet ankles, and they can extend that out and glide down mm. like like a person in a body uh, fly. What's it called? A flight right. suit. A, fa- um, a flight suit. There's no way to know. Glide. No way to tell. Glide, glide suit. suit. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Buzz Lightyear. Balls of a style. I see. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They are. The, they really are the Buzz Lightyears of the oh, animal Japan? kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably actually a lot more adept than Buzz Lightyear. Probably. They, That's not very helpful. No. What did he even do? Nothing. Nothing really. Garbage. 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 He caused a stir is what he did. He did cause. He did make 
what he developed as a character, which I guess That's is good. True. Yeah. I, guess, I don't know. Here's a video of one of these these guys. <gasps> Oh, uh, and he, uh, it, it is extremely cute. Oh, they just kind of, oh. yeah, they can, uh, they love, they love jumping around. Jumping from a tall man to a short man. That's what, he's, <laughs> that's what they're doing on they're, this they're video. They're sort of cosplaying as trees, I guess, to uh. help the, help the flying squirrel feel more at home. <sighs> Another little, little animal that I think is pretty, pretty porg-like is the desert rain frog. Oh. And I've talked about this guy on the show before, but I, I think it is an animal that bears repeating. It's not a bear. It's a frog, but it <laughs> bears repeating. <laughs> uh, so it makes a very, very cute sound. <laughs> so that is, so you know, the the little porg center is like, uh, this I think is even cuter, and here's a picture of one of one of these guys. It is basically just a frowning bubble. Oh, I love it! Just a grumpy frown. So that little uh, perpetual frown that the porks yeah. have. This uh, the the desert rain frog and the black rain frog uh, have that expression. I think you nailed it. Those yeah. animals together exactly exactly make, the pork. make a pork. Yeah, and so these guys live in South Africa. They live in the Cape Fold Belt in forests in. Fane Boss, uh, which is a belt of shrubland vegetation. They live in a climate of dry summers and mild, wet winters. They actually don't need to live right near a big body of water. They, they do fine with, like, moisture inside the sand Ooh. and the ground. They are so round that they can't hop. Uh, they just <gasps> really? kind of waddle around. Oh, my God. That's funny. They also give birth to froglets, so just little... Oh, little, so no eggies. No eggs, just like huh. tinier versions of themselves. Interesting. <laughs> Which is such a weird way to give birth, you yeah, know? Yeah, especially for frogs, because we're <laughs> so used to the tadpole yeah, cycle. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah. You know. Yeah, not just it pops out or be like, hey, hey, it's me, and do that like, hello, my baby, hello, <laughs> my darling, hello, hello my white guy. <laughs> <laughs> so they burrow into the sand, and they have these huge eyes that like big old perpetual frown, and... As if to kind of underscore their appearance as a little grumpy ball, they also squeak angrily when provoked. So that's what you're hearing. That is their angry squeak. Whoa. Oh, my God. So we've done it. We've made a porg. We've made a porg. Now if we can just get this dang old scientist to put all those genes together in a big old, in a big old a vial, right? You shake just shake it, it around. Up. That's how science works. That's how you do That's it. That's how I assume it and works. And you pour it out and it's got porg. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't they do that? I don't know. I, I mean, know. scientists, I'm not going to tell you how to do your jobs, but maybe do your jobs. Maybe do your jobs. Maybe do your jobs. Jeez. <laughs> The Force is important for Jedis and Sith, but is the Force important for animals? Behavioral researchers have studied how the perception of control over your environment can affect your performance on tasks. Remember that scene where Obi-Wan tells Luke to turn his Google Maps off and to take out the Death Star using the Force? That kind of confidence in being able to manipulate your world really does lead to a performance boost. In the 1970s, researchers conducted studies on people and animals testing to see how they responded to control or a lack of control over their environments, especially when faced with an unpleasant stimulus. And let's just say the researchers were kind of Darth Vader-y. In one study, they gave dogs small electric shocks, allowing one group of dogs to stop the shocks by pressing a metal bar, but the other group had no such option. Real nice 
Darth Vade nerds. Anyways, the dogs who were given control over the shocks were able to figure out an escape path from the shocky room, whereas the other dogs had given up, probably while giving subtle middle paw fingers to the researchers. This kind of result has been replicated in other studies, where control over one's environment improves the health and ability to accomplish tasks in both humans and animals. So even though the force may not let you lift up spaceships, believing that you have the force may be a powerful thing itself. Still doesn't let me will the remote control over towards me. Oh well, wait, maybe, maybe if I believe really hard. No, no, not doing it. When we return, we'll explore the dark side of the force with a very real and very horrible monster who haunts my dreams. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Screen Crawl, Episode 4, Imagination Station. It is a period of oceanic civil war. Fluke Skywater, a young, handsome, and slightly irritating fish, has been captured by Boba Fish and is being held by Blubber the Hutt, along with his friends Finn Solo, Finn Rayfish, and other cool fish friends. Blubber the Hutt's evil squid guards have led Fluke Skywalker and the gang over to an unassuming pile of sand on the ocean floor. Sand, huh, says Fluke Skywalker. That's all you've got. I'm not afraid of some stupid sand. Suddenly, the sand starts to churn like a volcano about to erupt. And as fast as underwater lightning, a pair of huge blade-like jaws burst from the ground, followed by a long, iridescent, purple, worm-like body. Fluke Skywalker barely has time to register the sight of this tentacled, pearlescent, blade-faced worm creature before he is cut clean in half by its massive jaws. So yeah, that's uh, 
I feel like a better version of the Sarlacc pit. It, that was that, a better version than the movie that I yeah. saw a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, I get in the movie, you can't kill off the hero. However, However it would have been pretty rad. It would have been really <laughs> rad. And no spoilers, but they did, and but then they didn't. And then they did, and then they didn't. So. Oh, with the killing off the, the hero thing back and forth just one just like measure twice with the sarlacc pit and cut once is my thing like oh, then, there you go. then you don't have to keep bringing the hero back and forth and back and forth right. for death and stuff just die just die <laughs> in the sarlacc i think that would have been great star war over oh star war over that would have been really symbolic yeah. you know? <laughs> exactly <laughs> the massive beak and tentacles symbolizes uh uh, hubris? hubris? You gotta say hubris. Yeah, the the man's attempt <laughs> to uh, yeah, yeah, meet, meet a giant monster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, the <laughs> I want to talk about a real life. Uh, is it called a sarlacc sarlacc worm, or is it just the pit? Is called the sarlacc pit. You know, that was in this heavy, big, heavy book that I had growing <laughs> up that I could not read. Uh, I think well, I'm not a nerd, is... <laughs> so I didn't read it. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, I would assume that the pit is just the pit that the sarlacc right. lives but it in. Is, but it is called a sarlacc, right? Yes. yes. Right. Okay. So um, a real life. Watch this kid murder into oh, the comments. Just like Twitter is like, um, actually. <laughs> um, actually, if you refer to the compendium of Star Wars, be theory. <laughs> So this is called the Bobbit Worm, which is also known as the Sand Striker. Its uh, scientific name is a little less menacing. It's Unis Aphroditois. Wait, wait, Aphroditois. Unis. Sexy. Maybe Eunice. Unis. Eunice. 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 Aphrodite. Aphrodite. So (laughs) it is pretty if you look at it through very different perspective than normal Uh-oh. so <laughs> it's a species of bristle worm that lives on the ocean floor in the atlantic ocean it's not a deep sea fish despite how horrifying it looks it often inhabits coral reefs because that's where its unsuspecting prey likes to hang out uh, the reason it's called the bobbit worm is allegedly because of the john and lorena bobbit case do you know of that one yeah that was that i think it was in the 90s or 80s uh-huh. and it's actually kind of I feel like it's always kind of awkward when it's joked about because so the the short version of it is Lorena Bobbitt is a woman who uh, cut off her husband John's penis after mm. alleged domestic abuse. Oh, this is yes, okay, yeah, yeah. And it's actually so that's kind of horrifying. But then the media back in the oh. day was like, look at this funny thing. And oh, I do actually. Yes, I know the controversy right, surrounding right, it. Right, Yeah, and you know, yeah. look in the natural world, there are all sorts of fun penis hijinks. But I think in this case, it's kind of inappropriate how right. it was made fun of. There's a lot of other weird penises to laugh at. Maybe right, exactly. Not, you know. Maybe not in this case that right. involves domestic violence and things. Mm. Uh, and uh, it's uh, yeah, but I think that the. Bobbit worm is allegedly named after that, not because it's like phallic, but because of its ability to cut things in half, which you could. Or because it might be. It feels like it's a double entendre. It, maybe it is. I, I think. I think whoever named this 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 scientist was a dirty bird. Dirty bird, <laughs> you little stinker. So the bobbit worm is even more unbelievable looking than the sarlacc to me. Let me get you a picture. Oh. Yeah, See how it's kind of like rainbow and iridescent. Yeah. It reminds me. I I am one of the very few people that I that I don't find cockroaches very gross. Like oh, really? I think they look fine. Like 
the look of it doesn't creep me out. And that kind of looks like a cockroach where it's huh. – I think cockroaches are kind of like a pretty color. It's kind of like that red-brown. You know what's funny yeah. is I am probably one of the most, like, accepting – random people of like insects mm -hmm. but cockroaches is one thing i'm not accepting of Ooh. it's like I, I i have no like the bobbit worm to me looks kind of pretty it's like uh -huh. oh you're, you're rainbow and you got giant jaws that's cool yeah. but yeah I, I don't know cockroaches mm. i think it's that they're so they get it right in there, you they know? Get right they in. get that right in. That is the thing I stuff. don't like about them. <laughs> the thing for me that's like that is uh, millipedes or centipedes. Oh. Yeah. Well, I, I actually, I like I like those guys. but And I like the giant hissing cockroaches because those oh. are somehow, mm. it's the ones that I just associate with like, you know. In you, the kitchen. In the kitchen. <laughs> you're walking late at night. Your foot touches oh. something crunchy on the floor and you look down. <laughs> so this guy, though, is a long old. Long, long, long worm. <laughs> long, little, little. Uh, it is iridescent. It's got like a rainbow sheen. It's got a hard segmented exoskeleton. And it's also got kind of a purplish hue to mm -hmm. it. Uh, unfortunately, you can't see its horrifying, beautiful majesty because most of the time it's buried under the sandy ocean floor. Mm -hmm. um, it can grow up to 10 feet long. Oh, my God. Yeah. Th that's that's 10 puffins. That's 10 puffins. That's 10, ten puffins long. <laughs> it's just a puffin walking around like do 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 I have 17 kids. <laughs> uh, it's actually kind of a thin noodle guy because it's only about an inch in diameter. Uh, so I don't know that it could fit a puffin inside of it, which I guess is good news for the puffins. Uh, it's got spiny leg-like appendages all over its body, uh, which is just great. It's got a horrific feeding apparatus called a pharynx, which includes these massive jaws that are like these just two sabers that just close on mm. anything mm -hmm. unlucky enough to have that happen to, which is mostly fish and sometimes right. octopuses. And it, is, it also has five striped antenna that look like little tentacles, which it oh. uses to sense prey as it approaches. And those... Giant set that the set of giant bone hard serrated man mandibles will just like snap close as soon as those oh. tentacles uh, detect something. movement. Yeah, it's like hmm. it's like a mouse trap, but that's brilliant. Yeah, that's like brilliant. an eldritch mouse trap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and at night, it pokes his head out of its little little hidey hole, mm -hmm. and it goes like, "Ooh, hello! <laughs> hello. It's time to catch some fish." <laughs> I don't know why it has a cute name, cute little voice like that. It's I think probably... he's probably cute. <laughs> he's long and skinny. He's a big skinny I'm a, old man. I'm a big old noodle boy, and I'm gonna eat <laughs> me some fish. <laughs> Rebranding the Bobbit Worm as an, a lovable ch That's children's character. It's exactly. a rebrand. Exactly. Needs some marketing. Yeah. The Snorlax. Right. The Snorlax. The Snorlax. <laughs> That's Snor a Pokemon. Snorlax of Pokemon, I think. I guess this one could be a Pokemon, too, to be honest. So uh, once it's that antenna mousetrap gets set off and those jaws close in, they can actually cut a fish in half. That's how powerful they are. Whoa. And if it, it will certainly stun the fish. Mm -hmm. uh, and once that fish gets grabbed, it will pull it under the sand, never to be seen again. Bum, 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 bum. And as the fish tries to escape, that sound, sandy ground can just kind of pulsate with like the fish kind of trying to oh, resurface. Ow! And the, like right, like and then the bob, yeah, and the bobbit worm. You just he you see it like yanking it, and then like stillness. You want to see it? Yeah, I do. Real bad. 
<laughs> so there it is laying in wait and it's like it's kind of pretty it's it rainbow pretty. colored it's it is gorgeous the rainbow sheen yeah. is gorgeous actually i would love nail polish and with that kind of like sheen yeah. on it other than the big old mandibles it's it's pretty yeah. neat and then once it grabs it you can see this like the struggle oh, oh, and it oh, yanks it oh. down isn't oh, that horrifying? Wow. Whoa. And it's gone. It's and it's gone. The... And then you can see the ground kind of like oh, oh, pulsate oh, and just oh yanks God. it so forcefully. Whoa. It's like such a horror movie thing, isn't it? Yes. But also weirdly per- beautiful. I yeah. When, when an animal is so well adapted like that, it's right. just like fascinating to watch them do it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's like, go get it, girl. That's your thing. Do your thing. Do your thing. You know who you are. You're a horrifying yes. hell beast who snatches fish and drags them underneath to the netherworld. Right. And you do it well. You do it well with a beautiful rainbow sheen. Find your while. niche. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm. Uh, apparently the mandibles may even inject some toxin to into the fish, which I feel like is kind of gilding the lily. I was going to say, does, is the, would it even need that? I don't know. Mm. I, I feel like it's just a little, like, okay, calm down now. <laughs> all right, all right. We're not eating puffins here, okay? Yeah. Just calm. And if you do, that's fine. But don't start, again, if you don't. So so bobbit worms are actually a big problem for aquarists, aquarium owners, from oh. hobbyists to even, like, public aquariums. So baby bobbits. Uh, baby bobbits. <laughs> baby bobbits. Baby bobbits. Baby bobbits. Baby bobbits. <laughs> they can hitch a ride on commercial aquatic plants for saltwater aquariums. They can even hide in coral that you can buy at the store. Oh. And then once they get in your Uh-oh. tank, they, they don't stay baby bobbits for too long. No, they don't. They can they grow and grow and grow. And some some people would be like, huh, my fish are just disappearing. Oh, no. And, and it's a big mystery. <sighs> and then you dismantle your tank and you find a bobbit. Oh my in the God. bottom. Yeah. What a it, horror story. I know. Well, New Quay's Blue Reef Aquarium in the UK, there was a news story about this where oh. it's, and it's this, you know, aquarium open to the public, big old tanks, and they found that their fish just were going missing. Oh, it was this, no. this like, like, what's happening to our fish? It's mm-hmm. this murder mystery. And they finally realized it oh. was a bobbit worm, and they couldn't catch it they couldn't lure it out of its hole so they had to dismantle the entire aquarium oh my god to get this huge bobbit worm out yeah that's really funny what a stinker funny stinker that's and also it's not like he chose that life so the bobbit life yeah so yeah if you own an aquarium a saltwater aquarium and your fish are just disappearing you may have a horrifying worm living in there yeah i would love a tank though just filled with bobbit worms <laughs> yeah and you just buy fish to like feed it it's like it. and this fish is like wow this is nice near home <laughs> just eerie silence Wee. wonder where all the other fish are <laughs> hello <laughs> Hello. So I think to fight the bobbit worm, we need a fluke skywater. Oh, uh, yeah. And I have just the fish for the job, the secret lightsaber sharks. <gasps> so these are species of sharks who can glow in the dark using biofluorescence, which oh. is this. It's a relatively recent discovery because we can't see it with the naked eye. I actually, yes, I, uh, I have been binging uh, nature documentaries. Um, and yeah, because. They admit I approve, by the way, of oh, that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yes, because there's some like that we can't see. We didn't yes. realize that they were emitting it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So biofluorescence uh, is 
naked to those of us who are not strong in the shark force. So uh, to see it, marine biologists used a blue light camera, which mimics the shark eyes that see in blue and green. And so for sharks, this glowing green biofluorescence just pops out like a Christmas tree. Mm. And sorry, like a creature Kringle Times tree. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry, what I meant was. (laughs) So the uh, biofluorescence lights up in these beautiful green glowing patterns. I know you've probably seen it before, but let me just show you because it's great. Look at that. Oh, that's gorgeous. It looks like, uh, um, you know, when you um, see those maps where it's like, here's Paris from space. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Like a like a satellite map of the Earth as the cities are Mm -hmm. all all alight. Maybe we're just a big shark. Oh, my God. Oh, God. This is too. This is too much. There's always a bigger fish. (laughs) So this has been found in cat sharks and swell sharks, and it's thought to be in many other species as well. A cat shark and a swell shark, they're cute little guys. You can you can hold them like a baby. Oh, they got a baby? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they might nibble on you if you try care. to hold them. They're, they're generally non-threatening to mm. humans at all. They, they're really, they're cuties. They're cute little sharks. Oh, I like cute sharks. I know, they're adorable. And this recent discovery uh, reveals that they may use this biofluorescence to communicate with each other. Uh, the glowing patterns are unique to each, each species of shark and even to each sex of shark. So there seems huh. to be some communi- like almost like a business card of like yeah, or like a text. Yeah, like, exactly. You up? Yeah, or Hello? like or like a profile, like like a Facebook profile Ooh, or something uh-huh. like some kind of form of communication. Right. Um, Here's where I'm from. I like adventures. ASL. Uh, And this glow is generated by newly discovered glowing compounds that are amplified by these tiny rigid denticles. So denticles, like we talked about it with Mm -hmm. the puffins in their their beaks, denticles are tooth-like projections, so they don't have to occur in the mouth. They can also be on the skin. So on these sharks, they have (laughs) tiny teeth all over their bodies. You're making a face. Yeah, you're just as you're describing to me. I don't like it. You don't want to be covered in teeth. Well, to each to each their own. (laughs) So, (laughs) so that but these little these little projections, these little spiny projections, Mm. actually help amplify the glowing compounds like Mm. a lightsaber. So the scientists describe them as being like these hundreds and hundreds of lightsabers all over the shark's skin. He specifically described them as lightsabers. Yes, they did. They did. Nerds. <laughs> so biofluorescence, you may be thinking of bioluminescence, but right? similar, okay. similar vibe, but they are different things. So mm. biofluorescence absorbs light from the sun and re-emits it as a different uh, color, mm-hmm. whereas bioluminescence is light that's been created from a chemical reaction. Ooh, so okay. uh, biofluor- that explains also why we can't see this biofluorescence with our naked eye. It's not, we can see bioluminescence with the naked eye naked eye that's mm-hmm. light that's been created from this from these chemical reactions it's very right. bright glows very bright whereas the biofluorescence it's almost like it's like reflecting yeah it's like translating the, the sun into a different color and it's visible to a shark's eye mm-hmm. and it also another weird finding is that this biofluorescence may have antimicrobial properties Oh, yeah. Hey, you throw get a that in there. Cut, you know, you just rub it up against his teeth, little light teeth. <laughs> I wonder You're if they like, I wonder if in Star Wars they use lightsabers in like surgery, like a surgeon has like a tiny lightsaber. Yes, you would think. You know, right? like a scalpel lightsaber. It cauterizes it right, as exactly. you go. Like, like a Jedi neurosurgeon with a tiny scalpel, right. like made out of lightsaber, right? 
There are so many more uses for Did, the yeah. lightsaber. Right, exactly. Toast. 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 Perfect- you cut, you slice the bread, and it's you toast toasted. it at the same time. Girl, this is, that's what I wanted to see in The Mandalorian. Right, right. It was right. just like toast and bread. <laughs> What's up with that? Writing on Variety.com, <laughs> The Mandalorian fell short of expectations. I wanted to see a more versatile lightsaber. Such a, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know tiny one to cut people's spleen open. <laughs> yeah, I would like to see some lightsaber surgery, That'd you know? Cool. Yeah, where's the doctors? I know, where are the doctors? Where are the doctors? We only saw one, right? The the robot orb with a big old syringe. Yes, robot orb. And then also um, whoever was taking care of Padme when she died from sadness. So, like, can we even trust <laughs> like, Maybe like, that's why hey, they don't have doctors. Dr. Nick. <laughs> Oh, no, you've got some oh, kind no. of disease. Like from The Simpsons. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, and oh, then I guess, but, and then another doctor, I guess Luke was in a vat of some kind oh, to regrow. True. But that's like, most of the doctors are just like a vat, like a big old vat going like, get in my tummy and I'll heal you. Right. You know, or like an orb that's like, you know, it's me. Menacing. Do- doc, me, Dr. Vaccines. Here's your flu shot. Why are you ready? Yeah, come back. Hello. Flu season is bad this year. Get your flu shot. It's free. <laughs> Why do we love monsters so much? Sometimes monsters are a response to cultural fears. In Star Wars, the monsters are often gargantuan or of unseen proportions, like the Sarlacc pit, the spaceship-eating worms, the mysterious tentacled creature that lurks in the garbage masher in the detention level. Even the man-made monstrosities, like the Death Star, can destroy entire planets. This kind of catastrophic level of monsters seems to me to reflect the fears of the Cold War, nuclear weapons that are a constant threat but one that seems to be lurking in the shadows, one that could emerge suddenly and destroy our world. Throughout our history, there have been many monsters. Monsters like vampires may have been a response to the fears around sudden illness and death, and mysterious wasting diseases like consumption, otherwise known as tuberculosis. The zombies of the 2000s may have reflected our fears of the masses. As our world became more connected through vast cities and our ability to travel, we also shared our problems, such as epidemics. My prediction is that new monsters will emerge in the 2020s, ones that reflect the fears of today, such as climate change and extinction. Maybe huge gluttonous monsters that devour resources and level entire forests. Maybe, just maybe, we were the monsters the whole time! I'm just, I'm just kidding, the bobbit worms are definitely the monsters. When we return, we'll rip off our Darth Vader helmet and return to the light side of the force with an incredibly goofy creature. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. 
Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. My favorite part of Star Wars is trying to figure out how all their goofball creatures could have evolved. Why is the Tauntaun bipedal on huge kangaroo legs? Is it to hop over icy crags and chasms? Why do banthas have such huge horns? Are they used in mating contests or sexual selection? Does the wampa like to capture live prey and store it in its larder like a shrew? Does the rancor have a good relationship with its keeper? Can it be trained to do fun tricks? There's no amount of goofiness Star Wars can throw at us that doesn't exist in real animals in the real world with real incredible explanations. So let's look at one of the wackiest looking mammals in the world and figure out why it looks so dang lovable and kooky. So have you ever heard of the Saiga antelope? No, I don't think so. So the Saiga antelope is like a cross between a tauntaun and an antelope and like an elephant and a tapir. It is a real goofball. So these are critically endangered species of antelope. They are found in grasslands and semi-deserts in Central Asia, which includes little part of Russia, Kazakhstan, Mongolia, Uzbekistan, and Turkmenistan. They used to have a much wider range and a much bigger Mm. population, but of course, of course, after overhunting, their population declined. (laughs) Ding, 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 we did it again. Oops, we did it again. We extincted an animal. Yeah. Yeah. Remember Britney Spears, you guys? do remember. It's 2020. Do, man. <laughs> um, but no, they, they're not extinct yet, but they are critically endangered. Mm-hmm. And these guys are goofy as hell. Mm. They're real They're real goofballs. Let me let me show okay. you. I've got a whole slideshow oh, here of these guys. Oh, yes. So here's an adult. Uh, and they have a big, big nose that's just this. It's like a it's like a big old macaroni, right? Yeah, and it's just kind of, it looks like it's just sitting on its right, head. Right, right. Like some kind of like as an afterthought glued it on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that, the, the baby one, this is a fawn. Oh, the baby's Looks really adorable. Cute. Still has that big floppy nose. Mm-hmm. Very cute. I think Aww. I think the adults are cute too. They're, they're goofy. They're cute. They're goofy. They're silly. Right. They look like a Muppet or like a Sesame Street Muppet, mm-hmm. like the Snuffleupagus. But with a shorter nose. So the, the snout, which is a, a, called a proboscis, it, it kind of looks like a truncated elephant trunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trunk, uh, truncated trunk. Uh, I don't uh, I'm just bad at talking. That's not actually a pun. <laughs> I'm um, just bad. <laughs> so uh, they're not 
that big. They're about two to three feet tall at the shoulders and about 60 to 150 pounds. So hmm. they're That's like, actually not that, uh, not that yeah. big. They, they, no. they kind of seem like they would be bigger, like a big, I did like almost were, yeah. horse-like or, or deer-like. But they're, yeah, no, they're, they're like, yeah, they're, they're not that big. Hmm. We're taller than them. So take that. <laughs> so take shove that up your nose your, up your, your big old nose, nose <laughs> so they're light brown tan in the summer and they their coat changes in the winter to a fluffier grayish white coat it's Ooh, pretty pretty nice fancy. and they have they are most famous for that huge tubular nose these big tubular tubular, tubular nose did bro you could you could do some sick flips off that sick nose flips. <laughs> and they're not they have like Biologically speaking, their nostrils are just inflated, I guess. Just huge yeah. nostrils that forms this. this. Wow. Well, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. And I actually have an answer. Oh, so goody. that huge nose uh, has a few purposes. Mm-hmm. One of them is. Looks. <laughs> it looks cute. Looks good. Uh-huh. Functions great. <laughs> Whisper quiet. <laughs> so it helps filter dust as huge herds kick up things as they're because mm-hmm. they they do these mass migrations and if you're well, in the not middle, anymore there's only a few left <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that is oh, wah, so sad wah, wah. but uh th- when you're in the midst of one of these mass migrations everyone's kicking up dust you're mm-hmm. gonna get a bunch of dust in your lungs and yeah. that's no that's no fun that's no fun so these huge noses prevents that dust from entering the lungs by making it it basically has to like go through this labyrinth of like chambers and vestibules Ooh. and it, it just like captures the dust and it hmm. can't enter the lungs it also this big nose can function as an AC unit, just like oh. this free this air conditional shoved onto its face, because as it sucks in, as the blood runs through it and the air passes over the blood, it cools the blood that is circulating. Oh, whoa! I know that is tubular, man. <laughs> my mind. And then in the winter. It converts to a space heater. I mean, it doesn't actually go through that much ch- many changes. Mm-hmm. It's just as air is entering, it, it's it's cavernous and it's co- surrounded in blood vessels and stuff. So it warms the air mm. coming in. Uh, so yeah, it's a multifunctional. Uh, it's sexy, multifunctional. I mean, what can't Absolutely this nose sexy. do? Yeah, you know. That's a great question. <laughs> Probably. Know. Maybe they could play it like an instrobo, like Max Rebo from uh, Star Wars. Oh, my God. Does he, isn't there like a, like there's a little Star Wars animal who, he doesn't have an instrument. He's like playing his nose like it's, That's it's right. like a pipe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like he's holding it and uh-huh. playing it. Yeah. If I'm remembering that correctly. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So like I mentioned earlier, Saiga's journey on these massive migrations, uh, and it, when you look at them from the sky, and this is sadly, like you pointed out, this may not become a thing if, <laughs> if these guys continue their decline. But when you look at it from the sky, it looks like this huge river of, like, fluff <laughs> of these antelope just like migrating mm-hmm. together and they're so fluffy and they're so cool. And it's just like this, this flowing river of cute fluff. Oh, adorable. Uh, in 2015, 200,000 Saiga mysteriously died off, which is was a huge blow to them because that was like what? over half of their population. Whoa. And uh, researchers recently discovered the cause of this mysterious plague as being uh, hemorrhagic septicemia. Yeah, hemorrhagic septicemia, which was caused by a bacteria called Pasteurella multocida, uh, which 
usually this bacteria is found in these antelope. It actually grows、mm. in their nose.、Oh. It's nice. The nose is nice, cavernous. It's like a little cave. Yeah, so I mean, of course we got pockets of got pockets got of things. We've got places to、yeah. put animals. This is a big pocket, but yeah. <laughs> and so it's a nice, nice place for bacteria to grow. And normally、mm. that's okay. However, as the weather that was. Much warmer and more humid than、oh, it usually、no. was.、Uh, these bacteria grew out of control and caused this hemorrhagic septicemia. Yeah, septicemia. <laughs>、um, and so now only about a hundred thousand saiga remain in the wild. That's like the things that we don't think about、right. with like temperatures rising. Yeah. Like, Like when people brush it off, it's like, it's like there you did not know that that was going to happen, and right, tons could, of things like that. Who could predict that you have an animal that has a huge old nose, right? And then the bacteria can grow better in the better. nose when it's hotter and more humid. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah. right? It's like and. That's just、and、one so half thing. Half of them、right? die. Right, exactly. It's <laughs> yes, and that's just one example of yeah a, a, millions of things like that. It's like that you、happen. take out a Jenga piece, and then suddenly all these noses fall from the <laughs> sky. <laughs> Always cavernous noses. Yeah, but I mean, I to I don't want to end on such a bummer note. There is some good news, which、mm. is that there are these ecological protections、uh, aimed at saving the saiga that are starting to gain traction. So China、mm. has banned saiga antelope horns from being covered by health insurance, which is、oh, pretty big thing because nice. I, I know that I think that the antelope horn has been used in some traditional medicine,、mm. which unfortunately,、mm-hmm. you know. Then poachers will take、yeah. the, the antelope horn, and that's bad for their population. The U.S. and Mongolia have backed a plan to ban the trade of saiga antelope horns, and their population is slowly starting to increase in Kazakhstan.、Aww. So I, I really hope we can pull it together because I would be devastated、yes. if these guys、uh, were no longer around because they're they're just such. God, they are such lovable goofballs. Yeah, and they're also kind of like inspiring in a way.、Mm-hmm. It's like use your imagination. You know, anything is possible. Look at these guys. <laughs> This exists. Like you, you ungodly. They, if they can pull it off, we can pull anything. <laughs> we can do anything. We can save the planet. Yes, exactly. One puffin at a time. <laughs> one puffin. Yeah,、uh, one one big old big old proboscis at a time. Yeah, they're they're. I I don't know. There's something I think. I love that they basically look like a normal antelope, and then just with a big elephant seal nose、mm-hmm. stuck on the front of it, like、yeah. an afterthought. <laughs> It, it's wonderful.、Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll definitely include links in the show notes to pictures of these guys because、definitely. they're they're incredible. Take a look. Get a tattoo a- of them. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I should. You should. You know, would that be? I mean, like that'd be great. You、right. could always show up,、right. someone, or just like a nose attachment. You know, <laughs> a hat where it attaches the nose. Ooh, a, a, a balaclava that's just like with the with the、oh, nose. You know, yeah, like a yeah, like yeah. like a sort of crochet <laughs> a, one, and then it has that big nose.、Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll maybe it'll work for me too. Yeah, I see you pulling that off. <laughs> I think I could do it. I think you could do it. Well, thank you so much for joining me today.、Oh, thank you for having me. You got any?、Uh, before we go, I guess like any kind of like、uh, thoughts about Star Wars. Man, I mean, well, yeah. From your opening, I think that is a reason why people like it. You know, the different biomes, the joke about like each planet being a different type of <laughs> the weather. Ice planet the ice planet of Hoth. Planet、uh, is hilarious, but also the、like, humid planet the of. Hu- of- <laughs> 
circular orb. The water planet with water. <laughs> Do you get it? Uh. This planet is grass, I guess. Uh, yeah, that was not that important. This one's a city. This planet. one's deserts. This one's a casino. <laughs> and it goes on and on and on. This one is a smart and save. So, I that, that I didn't see that in the Mandalorian. Didn't mm. see any smart and save planets. Oh my god! If the Mandalorian and the Yoda went to like a smart and final planet and they're well, like you feed going the kid, around you know? yeah and like baby Yoda's like pulling things off the shelves crying. and he's like no you can't eat that now yeah. and he's crying he's like okay just one but yeah. then he eats two that would be I would I would and he's got like a baby Bjorn he's like carrying it around <laughs> Yeah. He's like really bougie all of a sudden. He's like one of those bougie Santa Monica <laughs> he's moms. Like, he's like doing Chill. his assassinations with the baby Bjorn and yeah. like that thing. <laughs> that's, that's a Mandalorian I would approve. <laughs> well, you got anything to plug? Yeah, uh, you guys can find my uh, film video essays on my YouTube channel at uh, just my name, Maggie Mayfish. Uh, May spelled M A E. Not like the month. Yeah. So okay. uh, check <laughs> yourself. Check your check, check your yourself. month preconceptions at the oh, door. Right. <laughs> okay. No, um, uh, yeah, we have some really fun ones coming out. We have an hour long video about cats. The the movie, the play, and Tia Sally. Give, Tia me, Sally that, give the me that cats content. Uh, it's bananas. Yeah. It's gonna be great. I yeah. will be in full cats costume for oh at least my half God. of okay. it. Okay. I'm sold. So it'll be exciting, uh, but we're still working on it. So, but you can check out uh, my past ones. Um, you can follow me on Twitter again, just at my name. Maggie you've, you've got like you've got a Star Wars or episode or two, right? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk about we talk Star Wars. Yeah, we talk dads. I have a series on dads. You like, dads, dads, dads. It was meant dads. to be. I was meant to be your dad. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, unexpected heart unexpected heartwarming. heartwarming. Yeah. Conclusion. Well, uh, and did you mention your Twitter handle? Or? Oh, uh, yeah, it's just it's just my name. Just your just name. Just my name. Maggie May Fish. It. Yeah, look it up. But follow follow me. I I'll 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 talk. I'll yeah. tweet some fun stuff. Yeah. You can find us on Instagram at Creature Feature Pod. You can find us on Twitter at Creature Feet Pod. That's F E A T, not F E E T. There is a Creature Feet Pod, but uh, it's different. Uh, it's it's actually fun. It's just a bunch of animal feet. Aww, that is cute. <laughs> and I know that I think that there's a change happening with the website. I think we're now on iHeart. But yeah, if you just check out the uh, the the you just check out the. Twitter and the Facebook and the Instagram. <laughs> All the links are on there. Um, and you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Katie Golden. Um, not like the month golden. Oh it's my spelled G-O-L-D-I-N. Oh. <laughs> and I'm also pro-bird rights where I fight the eternal struggle to get birds the presidency. I really admire your work in that sector. <laughs> um, and I meant to bring it up Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, as I, a fish myself, yes. Um, it, you know, we are yeah. allied with the birds. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, some we, well, I mean, sometimes we eat each other, but that's, that's I mean, okay. That's I circle mean, life. What's what's a little bit of predation amongst friends? Right. right. <laughs> that's how. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help out the podcast, leave that five star review or you know whatever I'm not going to tell you how many stars to do <coughs> five <laughs> but or a review or just subscribing to the podcast and downloading our episodes it's just it really helps out more than you probably even know 
Thanks to the Space Cossacks for their extremely groovy song, Exolumina. Creature Feature is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next Wednesday. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.